This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. By Heart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. Hello, and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men, the podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. Face it, you're likely spending more time online these days, which means your kids are likely spending even more time than that online. No guilt here, dear listeners, only it's time to go to the dark side of all that time online which is about what he likely has already found, or if he hasn't, he will soon. Now, I don't know, you guys, I don't know if I'm the only one who did this as a kid, back before the internet, back when we had those big red Webster dictionaries, but along around third, fourth, fifth grade, I got really curious about words like kissing and breasts and oh my golly penis what did i do i looked it up i read the definition sometimes there was a drawing to accompany the words but sometimes there wasn't which led to more wonderment and more confusion we had the world book encyclopedia set and i did the same exact thing sex look that one up and you guys here's the best part My mom is a nurse, so she also had books like Developmental Psychology and Abnormal Psychology, Mm. which had some very interesting chapters in there. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward to now. And if your boy has access to the internet, he has the ability to look up all those words and find graphic, dramatic, and sometimes traumatic examples fitting those particular keywords. Now, curiosity and intention are one thing, but our guest today will tell you that guaranteed he is going to see something that he isn't even trying to see. And the thing is, 
Well, you have created the culture of comfort in your home so that when these sometimes awkward topics come up, will he be able to talk to you about them? Our guest today, Amy Lang, queen bee of Birds and Bees and Kids, is a longtime friend of ours, and she is our go-to expert on all things sexual health, sexual behaviors, and healthy relationships. If your boy is online, you need to hear her and follow her simple steps. She'll reassure you, too, when you're starting to freak out. Amy. Thanks for having me on the show. I love the alliteration about what they can find online, but I can help. I'm super happy to be with y'all and, and help you navigate this really yucky part of parenting and kid life and boy life and all that stuff. I'm freaking out a little bit because I know it, but just even hearing you say it again, Janet, like it is totally normal and natural to type in the word breast and boobs. And within one click, you can be on something really horrible. Yeah. And I know that because, I mean, I look too, right? I, I mean, I've looked too. And as an adult, I have wound up in corners of the internet that I didn't intend to go to, honest to God, swear to God, while sure. looking for something. No, this is true. <laughs> while looking for something that was not sexually related. But, you know, there's something over here and you click and pretty soon you're somewhere else completely. Amy, yeah. how do we deal with that? We can't beat the internet. No, we can't beat the internet. I mean, we can kind of wrangle the internet, but that wrangling is really us as parents wrangling ourselves and helping our kids wrangle our kids and then wrangle whatever is like any um, access to the internet that's under our direct control. Yeah. And I think one of the things, I mean, I've heard you talk a million times by now and every time I learn something new, but I think one of the things to really reassure our parents before we dive in is that this conversation is easier the earlier you start. And if you haven't started already, Amy's gonna help you get started, even if he's 11 or 14. When we talk about, start with talking about how to talk to them about sex. I think that's a good place to start. Okay. Yeah. The sooner you start, the better. And I think that, you know, as a parent, you know, we know we need to have this conversation and then we try to avoid it. And what all the research shows is that parents are the most influential people when it comes to their kids' sexual decision-making. And if we don't get in the door early, we are impact is less. So you know, starting the conversation, no matter how old your kid is. And ideally you start at five or sooner. And I know that sounds super young, but the reason is they are really curious and open. They don't know any of the crap we know about sexuality. So we have this opportunity to say, Hey, this is a really wonderful part of life comes with a lot of responsibility, but Hey, it's a terrific part of life and implanting that seed, which is uh, that seed of sex positivity. And, you know, everybody's family is different, but the thing that's not different, especially for boys, like what we've just been talking about is that they will, they are more likely to seek out sexual content and they do it accidentally. Almost all porn exposure is accidental. Um, like Googling boobs, right? There mm -hmm. we go down a path. So mm -hmm. 
when we get the party started sooner, it establishes a conversation and makes it a normal part of your family conversation. So they expect to have conversations with you. They expect to get the information from you. So it's not that weird when you're able to say, hey, there's this thing on the interwebs. It's called porn. This is what it is. This is what you do about it. And it's really important to establish that you are their go-to person because you want and need to be their go-to person. If something goes sideways, like they, this nasty thing happens to them, or if they just have questions like about their bodies or about like, you know, how things work in the world when they hear terms, you know, we want them to come to us rather than Googling it. Yeah, for sure. I want to back up a little bit because I can hear our listeners like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, we're already up to porn already. And I want to back us up a little bit to, you know, your three, four, five-year-old and talk about just how to talk about bodies and parents will be much more comfortable if they're talking about bodies at that age, because as you said, their kids are open They're They don't have all the baggage that goes along with it. So we're not talking like right out of the gate, talking about sex. We're talking about a healthy relationship to your own body. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that's the first sex talk is telling your child that you're using the correct names for their private body parts and moving from that into boundaries and consent. And then, yeah, by five, I'm talking about like, let's get the usual way babies are made out of the way, penis Mm -hmm. and vagina. That's not the only way babies are made, but that's the usual way. And that's where all of our cultural focus is. Mm -hmm. So then once you get that out of the way, it's a big thing. It's three little words, right? Penis enters vagina, ta-da, sperm, egg, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, that is the original, those are the initial conversations. And then, you know, I know some of you are thinking, oh my God, five's too young. And then some of you are thinking, oh crap, my kid's 11 and we haven't talked about this at all. So good news. Uh, if your kid's up to age seven or eight, you can just say, hey, you're old enough now for us to start talking about this. I highly recommend getting books. There's a ton on my website, birdsandbeesandkids.com and getting a book and using that as your tool to start the conversation. If your kid's older, then it's important to say, I'm sorry, we should have started talking about this sooner because they'll lean into you. You're old enough now. Here we go. You're going to get a lot of information from all different kinds of sources. And so I'm your go-to. Like I got it all going on, even if you don't, but relatively speaking, you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've got it all going on. I can help you with this. I'm going to be talking to you about it. You might feel uncomfortable. I might feel uncomfortable, but it is so important that you have the right information about this. And then you go and you don't just launch into the, okay, when a man and a woman love each other very much, which you should not say at all, you don't launch in, in that initial conversation, especially with an older kid, because they're going to be like, get away from me. Yeah. Mortified, embarrassed. And so, you know, parents, it's about choosing your timing as well. And even, you know, Jen and I talk a lot about how do we talk with our boys in a way that they will actually hear us and actually maybe have some things to say back to us. And so listeners reminding you that, you know, timing is everything. And if you're in the car, if you're out on a walk and you might give them a heads up ahead of time, Hey, I want to talk to you about this thing after dinner tonight or whatever, just a little, like, don't make it all ominous, but just like, Hey, I want to, I want to connect with you about something that's important. You know, don't expect eye contact. If it's like, it could even be 
at bedtime and maybe the lights are down a little bit and kind of some of that, that nonverbal connection pressure is taken off a little bit. And then really don't imagine that you're going to get a deep conversation in return. I think assume that you will not, you know, assume <laughs> yeah. that you will talk, use truly way less words than you want to just say a little bit and it's better to leave it. He'll think about it. He's not going to necessarily acknowledge to you right away that he's thinking about it, but those words are getting in there. Yeah. yeah and that is all like great advice because, you know, you can't expect them to respond. And especially with this, where you feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. they're going to tap into your vibe. Yet another reason to start sooner rather than later. Cause you're, you know, your seven-year-old's not going to notice your, you know, sweaty upper lip and your two glasses of wine, like your 13 year old is right. Your seven-year-old is going to be like, Oh, you're being a little weird. Your 13 year old is going to be what the heck is that? <laughs> being a freak show. So, you know, a lot of those strategies, you know, especially with talking to kids about sex, all a whole bunch of the, it's mostly about us and our discomfort, yes. right? And whatever we've been telegraphing to our kids about this, and you know, you all know this, they're watching us, right? You know, how do we talk about this in general? You know, what kinds of things are we saying that are judgmental? You know, like, um, you know, in particular with LGBTQ kids, like, are you making derogatory remarks about someone who's gay? Are you... Like, how are you behaving in when it comes to, you know, sexual issues? Like if you hear that someone is pregnant, has an unintended pregnancy and they're a teenager, like, what are you doing with that? Because they're, they really pick up on our values and we don't do it on purpose. And, you know, it's just a matter of some really pretty more than normal self-awareness, right? And then when you're talking with your kids, like the good thing is they're also super self-centered, right? So they may not tap into your weirdo behavior, but they're going to notice oftentimes. And if you're being weird, just say I'm being weird. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Never done this before. Never done this before. Going to make mistakes. Yay. Super fun times. And then just push ahead. And I love what you said, Jen, about like, don't talk so much. Yes. And go a little farther than you're comfortable with. Mm right? Good. Like say the extra thing, right? Say the extra thing. So like when you're talking to your boys about periods and you explain to them what happens with the uterus and all of that, and they are, they have their reaction, then go ahead and say, you know, people use pads. And then there are these things called tampons and go all the way with how a tampon works because you want them to know that, right? And you want them to know like having a period is a natural part of a, of a person with the uterus's body. It's not gross, it's not disgusting, it's pretty cool. And then, so you wanna set them up. So when they're interacting with their peers who have uteruses or there are humans in their life that have uteruses that they are like have this fundamental sense of like, oh, this is a natural part of their body. Holy crap, is that inconvenient? And right, do you see what I'm saying? So, you know, it really struck me as you were saying that, it so illustrated for me the need to kind of deal with our own stuff because I've been having periods for, you know, 30 plus years now. And when you say it's not gross and it's not disgusting, I'm kind of like, mm, it kind of is, but that's sort of also what I learned and what I grew up with. And so, yes, we do need to deal with our stuff. It's oh, exhausting. Man. All this stuff I have to deal with as a parent, Janet. Right. It's exhausting. Oh, Yet another thing. Yeah. yeah. I really, yeah. I want to go to the porn part 
um, because I have older boys, but my boys kind of grew up at the same time as the internet. So I feel like I did not handle this very well. You know, the internet wasn't as ubiquitous as it is now. And it wasn't as surefire that, you know, you're going to type in boobs and find, you know, millions upon millions of hits. So we know that boys are going to do this. It's natural, normal curiosity. How do you bring that up in conversation? Because it's that age old parent thing, right? Like if I say, hey, this is out there, is he going to quick run to his computer and start Googling? Or do I wait and, you know, how do we start talking about porn, what's out there and how to be, uh, how to be safe in a way that's respectful to ourselves and others online? It doesn't matter whether or not you bring it up. They're going to see it. And so it does not matter. Like no kid escapes childhood without being exposed. So the best tactic is to make sure they know what sex is early on so they can contextualize it. So when you say, hey, there's this thing called porn, it's videos of people doing sexual stuff, having sex. It's not real sex. It's, it's like a cartoon. People's bodies don't do that, look like that. People don't do those things usually. It's just fake. It's fake. And in our family, right, we believe that it is not okay or safe for young people to look at this. It can really mess them up. It can be scary. It can be traumatic. And so the rule is in our family is that we don't Google sexual stuff. We don't look at porn. And then you have to say, however, this is probably going to happen to you. And so the deal is, if it happens, tell me you won't be in trouble. And then you have to stick to that. Because if you understand, like we've said, like, I don't know, 16 times, like this is a natural curiosity. I was in the dictionary. I was in the Encyclopedia Britannica. I was under Audrey Shapiro's parents' mattress getting the Playboys with her. You know, like this isn't, yeah. Like we look, we look where we're going to look, right? And they're all going to go online. And, you know, being respectful about other people's families, honestly, who cares or other people like this is about your family and your child's safety. And if you're worrying about like offending someone or thinking like, if you tell your kids about this, then they're going to go look for it. Um, And you don't want them to be like passing that down to their pals. You know, you can't control them. You can ask them to keep this to themselves. Um, And then, you know, it's like cross your fingers and hope that they don't run around and say, oh my God, do you know what porn is? Let's go look at it. But they might. So Mm -hmm. if you have parental controls and monitoring in place, which lots of folks don't know the difference. So monitoring, so you need a product like Circle, which has a thingy that plugs into your router and then it's an app and monitoring is like watching. It's like, it's not spying, it's watching because you tell your kids you're monitoring. And so you can see everywhere they're going online. So that's monitoring. Parental controls are how you lock down the search terms. So they're two different things and you need both. So the monitoring happens all the way until they leave your house. The parental controls start really, really tight, really tight, and they stay tight until they're probably fourth or fifth grade when it gets more complicated if they need to search for more stuff. By the time they start middle school, they should be able to free range, go anywhere they want, look at anything they want, but you're monitoring so you know where they're going. 
right? So if they go to a porn site, you can say, Hey, saw that what's going on, be really chill about it. And then do what you need to do. Like you may need to bring back more, um, paranormal controls. You know, you need to talk to your kids about like what the consequences will be. And you know, that is like the most important thing you need to do. I want to pause here because that Mm -hmm. was a lot of information and I have a lot of my, my family coaching clients are asking about, you know, what should I get? And this is the clearest I've heard explained the difference between monitoring and parental controls. And my question to you is, does a product like Circle do both or do you have to have two separate things? I think circle will do both, but the more the merrier, right? Like you can put parental controls on your actual, like just do it on your own devices. It feels like a lot, but the thing about this is, is that if your kid knows about porn and he says, Hey, to his buddy, have you heard about porn? And then they're at his buddy's house and they don't have parental controls or monitoring. They can go Google, googly up the porn at Mm -hmm. your house because you have monitoring and parental controls in place, they might try to Google up the porn, but they're not going to be able to get anywhere. And so if every family is, and there are lots of products and there's lots of different price points and stuff, but this is like seatbelt. Like we would never get in our car without a seatbelt. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And we should never, you should never let your kid go on the internet without a seatbelt. Right. Same, same thing. So listeners, as Amy said, there's a lot of products out there. Circle is one that Amy recommends. We recommend it. You can go to our show notes. There'll be a link there. You can find that. And I just really want to interject a shout out here because I can imagine your, your brains might be starting to turn red and frying a little bit. And I, I really want to give some Amy some kudos because she She's, as Jen and I are, we are all about giving you the information, supporting you to give it to your children and support your children with it. And Amy has created this amazing resource for you that is called the Solution Center. And this is a place I've seen it. I've been there. It is amazing. There are so many videos about, you know, what do I do if I walk in and he's masturbating? What do I say about... Uh, playing doctor, all of those things that we are, that we don't think about until we need to think about them. Then we just go, ah, Amy's Solution Center, and it's all there for you. So it's there for you when you need it, but it's not over, it doesn't overwhelm you when you don't need it. So Amy, tell us more about this amazing resource that you've put together. Yeah, thank you. And you know, I my goal with the Solution Center is to have it be a one-stop shop. So, like you said, if you need it in an emergency, it's available 24/7. But the other piece of it is it's there to help you plan ahead. And so you know what's coming and you know where you need to have been. There's a video that's basically what they need to know at each age and stage, which is something that's really fundamental to having age appropriate sex talks with your, with your boys. And when you have this information, you feel better. Like you'll feel better. You do better. Um, you'll have easier, more comfortable conversations with your boys. They'll be more likely to see you as their go-to source for this information. And 
even though you might feel uncomfortable, it's still your responsibility. And there's lots and lots of stuff in there. Like I have whole sections now on age, um, age appropriate vetted videos and books. So you can go in and look at your kid's age range, like two to five, and there's something there for them. You don't have to think twice about, is this safe for my kid to look at? And they're kid videos. They're not grown up videos. Go and look you don't board. have to scour the internet yourself, seeing what weird things sometimes come up and trying to figure out, is this a, a, a good source? Is this a reliable source? You've done this work already for us. Yeah. So it's really no thinky, which is lovely because we're already thinking about too much stuff, right? Amen. Anyway, right. One other thing that's really important, I think that's in there, um, especially relevant to our conversation right now is there is a video called poison porn, your kids in porn, which digs really deeply into this issue. Like we are just brushing the surface here. Mm -hmm. And so that's really important. The age by age thing is I think the other thing that parents really resonate with. And then, you know, at the beginning we were talking about how this is about us and our crap and our, you know, like what's happening with us, our backpack of shame and embarrassment and misinformation. So one part of it is also helping you just kind of move through some of your stuff and get ready to get on with the talks, right? So if we take care of ourselves, we do better. We feel better. And of course we have a on boys discount code for you. So Amy, tell us what the link is and we'll also put it in the show notes. So it's birdsandbeescourse.com birdsandbeescourse.com. And if you use the code uh, on boys, uh, you'll get 15% off and uh, um, it's $69 minus 15%, which makes it like $59. And you guys, this is a forever price. This isn't like per month or per year. This is you pay 50 some dollars one time and you have the absolute go-to place for all things, all things sex and healthy relationships. It's all there. I'm really sad that you didn't have this when my boys were littler. Amy, what were you doing besides raising your own son and pulling this all together? Lord knows. (laughs) I've been doing this for 15 years. So this is only the solution center has been around for about four. Yeah. 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 So listeners check that out. Uh, birdsandbeescourse.com and use the discount code on boys. I can't help but feel a little bit sad that we are at this point where porn is such a thing that we all have to have this conversation with our kids. And I'm not a hundred percent anti-porn person, you know, but the fact that this has now become a part of childhood universally here in the United States and in the West is just, it's kind of sad. And um, Amy, help us help us understand how this is affecting our boys' development. The very fact that this is out there has kind of changed the sexual and relationship development trajectory for our children. Yeah, I mean, it is highly influential, especially as kids get older and boys in particular. Boys consume more porn than girls do. And they, the average age of exposure or like beginning to actually use it is around 12, 13. 
And what it's doing is it's taking away any kind of information about what healthy sexuality looks like. So there's no discussion of condom use. There's no discussion of, you know, any kind of infection, no pregnancy discussion. It looks like pleasure. It looks like it's pleasurable, but they don't know it's acting. And so since porn starts in the middle, when they start their sexual relationships, they do stuff that is like not it's like 19th base and they're doing that, you know, when they should have been doing second base. So they're, everybody's confused. Girls think this is the way we have sex. And so this lack of communication about healthy relationships, stepping into a sexual relationship with someone, you know, focusing on what needs to be in place, like friendship and trust and consent, like they don't get that from porn. And no matter what, this is going to influence them because their peers are talking about it and it's normalized. So just like we talked about sex with our peers when we were in, you know, in high school, Mm -hmm. they're talking about it too, but they have this outside influence that's making sex and sexuality basically like a commodity. Right. And, you know, I'm with you. There is a, there is a time and a place for porn. Like there's, it's possible to watch adults. For adults, porn is for adults. It's not for kids. Right, it's not for kids. Yeah. Um, I think this brings up an interesting point that I want you to go into because we also, as parents, need to be able to advise our our boys about what to do in the situation where, you know, Johnny's pulled up Pornhub on his phone and they're, you know, out at the park or whatever and hey guys, look at this and check this out. And you've had the conversations with your son. You've talked about, you know, what it is to see that and all the things, but it gets really real when you're out with your peers and you're trying to be cool about this really awkward thing. And you know that you don't really want to see it, but whoa, what do you do? What are the what's the bailout strategy? Cause they need to have an exit plan that's gracious, allows them to save face. Yeah, absolutely. So that starts with when you're talking to them, you need to talk to them about what to do when they see it, when they're on their own, when they're with somebody else. So that means you need to have a strategy conversation with them. So they know what to do if they see it when they're on their own, when they're with friends, when they're, when it happens accidentally, if they go into a rabbit hole, like all of that. So when they're with their peers and some kid says, Hey, check this out. One of the best things your kid can say is, uh, dude, I think looking at porn is a solo activity. And so you're going to shame them. Love it. Love it. You're going to shame them, which is totally fine. Peer-to-peer shaming in this circumstance is totally fine. And then you're going to save face because everyone's going to laugh, right? Because yeah, looking at porn is a solo activity. And then, so that's one strategy. The other strategy is for your kid to have some um, YouTube videos already queued up, like maybe two or three and say, whatever, man, check this out and have something funny already in the queue, ready to go. Now, tall order. Right. Right. Tall order. So you can role play with your kids. Sometimes that helps them. They might not be down with it, but you're like, this is going to happen to you. And it is freaking uncomfortable. So it's really hard because if you're, you know, you're seeing this, like your friend showing you this video and it's like three people doing the deed and it's intriguing. Right. So being able to like have the self-awareness to step back and say, oh crap, gross. Like, okay, what am I going to do here and have something in their head? You know, that's the easiest one is like, are you 
effing kidding me? Like I'm all about the swearing. So, you know, especially when kids are on their own and that's really powerful to say, are you effing kidding me? Like, what are you doing, man? Let's go find something else to do. Like that whole redirect. And with younger kids, when you've talked to them and say, you know, the rule is it's not okay to look at this. So if you're at somebody else's house, what can you do if they want to see it? Right. And let them strategize a little bit. Well, I can, you know, I can walk away. I can tell the parent, you know, and you know, what I told Milo was like, you can say, I don't feel good and want to go home. Like any, yeah. this is a good strategy for any child to get out of any circumstances to say, I feel like I'm going to barf. No one wants a barfing child, right? <laughs> right. Like that'll get you home in two seconds. So go fast. <laughs> yeah. Go fast. Yeah. Get out, get out, get out. Yeah. So, um, and again, the open continuous conversation, right? You can't just say, Hey, this is porn. Good luck out there. You have to talk about it a lot because it's going to be in their lives no matter what. Yeah. And this all, you know, it loops around to how you treat women and how, you know, body image and all of these things. So it's, it can be just part of that continuing conversation that you're having with your sons anyway. Right. And like pointing out like how sexist it is and how bad it is for women. And, you know, when they're older, you don't start out with your like three, you know, seven-year-old and be like, and by the way, sex trafficking, right? Like you need to talk about the industry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh when you say that, but I mean, it was a funny example. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of it, right? Like what's happening in the industry that's for later on conversations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, really, again, I just cannot press on this enough. You have to talk to your kids about sex and healthy sexuality, boundaries, consent, responsibility. That is the thing that's going to push you and into these conversations, you'll feel more comfortable because can you imagine saying, Hey, got it. Your kid sees porn happens all the time. They don't know about sex. And so their initial initiation into the world of sex is like I said, three people in a, you know, hamster, whatever. It's traumatic. It's well, traumatic. And maybe, that's not the gateway you want for your kid. Yeah. It's not the gateway and it may be traumatic. It may not be traumatic. It may just okay. be super weird, right? It's not mm -hmm. always traumatic, mm -hmm. um, but it's a lot easier if you're like, oh yeah, crap, sorry. That's sex. It ain't normal sex. Blah, I blah, blah. like that you said that before, because, you know, you pointed out like porn starts in the middle at 19th base. And especially when we're talking to our kids, I mean, I remember being, you know, a middle schooler and a high schooler, you want to know all the part that leads up to that too. Like you're busy trying to figure out how do I know if she likes me? Um, how do I hold her hand? If I want to hold somebody's hand, like, how do we go from friends to kissing? Like you want to, you want to know those pieces. It really underscores the fact that we have to concentrate a lot of energy on those discussions because that's not, they're not going to get that anywhere else. No. And it's a lifelong, like we're sexual from the beginning. We develop sexually, socially, emotionally, like around sexuality. And it's ignored all the time. Like we're all focused on, is my boy a good learner? How are his social skills? Is he emotionally intelligent? How's his physical body? Yeah, that's important, but being in relationships and being sexual is fundamental to being human. I think it's way more important to be sexually savvy and to understand how healthy relationship and that sort of thing than to make sure your kid gets a 9,000 on the PSAT. That's not going to serve them their that entire life. That is a life. hugely important point. Culturally, we focus so much energy on that. And I mean, maybe that score really matters for a couple kids, but all of us as humans 
because we're human, will be involved in relationships, will deal with sex and sexuality, all of us. And we can either really hurt each other or really help each other feel good and whole. And that's way more what I want for my son than an A on a test. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really hard because of the way our culture in the United States, the way our culture is, it's like we're striving, 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 but we're not striving where we should be striving, right? Like we want, I mean, I, my son, he's 19, he's living with his first girlfriend, which freaks me out. But then I remind myself that I got married at 23. So it freaks me out less, (laughs) but like I got married at 19, let that freak you out for a little bit. Jen, did we know this? We both got married at 19. Yeah, we had that conversation. We've, I don't think it's, this. yeah. And then we both got divorced from those spouses. Coincidence? I don't know. Uh-huh. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> very, very funny. You're traumatizing me. Um, so I want him to be in a really healthy relationship with Sadie. Like it's more important to me that they're happily living together and communicating and, you know, negotiating all that relationship stuff than it is that they're getting great grades, you know, in school. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I would be disappointed if he was not, he gets, he's a smart boy. He's got every need met. He's typically developing, like he's like nothing funky going on there. And so there's really no excuse, right? right? There's right. really no excuse. Right. So, but at the end of the day, do I want him to get straight A's or do I want him have to have a healthy first relationship? So parents who are listening and are freaking out because we tell you all the time, you have to talk to your son about this. You have to talk to him about that. It seems like so much, right? Mm -hmm. But we also tell you, stop nagging him about his homework. Academics aren't the only thing. So take that to heart. Take even a quarter of the energy that you are currently spending worrying about his grades and his academic performance and put it into teaching him about relationships and sexuality. You're not spending any more time and you will likely get better outcomes in the end. Oh yeah. And let me just point out one other little thing. Like, I love what you just said. So two things, think about this in terms of like 200, well, it's like 200 two minute conversations, right? The conversations are quick. You don't like sit them down and say, when it's Wednesday, it's hump day. And we're going to discuss ovulation. Like you don't do that. Cause that's I just, I thought you were going to say it's I, Wednesday, it's hump day. We're going to discuss humping as we I, do. Yeah. I right. did think that was going down that path, I, Amy. <laughs> funnier than I am. You're funnier than I am. Um, so, and then the other thing is this, like, this is a big like thing for me was like Milo's bedroom smelled like goats and farts. Right. So we're talking from 11 on and it was a pigsty and I made a conscious decision to shut the door. Like I gave it up. It is yep. gross in there. It's still kind of gross in there. He doesn't live here anymore. Um, so like to pick your battles, that is not a battle to fight. And it's super gross. I was like, I don't, you can live in that stink. Does his own laundry, did his own laundry. Yep. Like, I don't give a, you can, he was like, he's happy to do it. He's a clothes horse. So, you know, like, like you said, like pick your battles. Cause it's more important, especially in adolescence when their bodies are bonkers and their brains are bonkers to pick like, what's going to make everything more smooth sailing here, harassing mm-hmm. him about cleaning up his bedroom or, Hey, it's Wednesday, Wednesday, it's hump day. <laughs> you can actually say that <laughs> you can you can be funny. Like, Hey, it's Wednesday, Wednesday, it's hump day. I was thinking, have we talked about blah, blah. And then pop a topic in there, right? Like it, you don't have to be all doom and gloom. And, and mm-hmm. then one other thing, I don't know, we probably need to wrap up. 
like I have not, I have not said the word penis to Milo since he was probably five or six because I knew he knew. So I said, junk, business, tallywhacker, like all kind, wiener, like all kinds of slang. My friend says her son calls it his penile, penile area. <laughs> Region, penile region, penile region. So you don't have to be like, how's your penis today? Have you yeah. had an erection? And just like boners are a part of, you know, adolescence, right? It's going to have a mind of its own, right? Like, so don't be afraid to be funny. Mm-hmm. Don't be mm-hmm. afraid to be funny. That is so key dealing with teenage boys. Like you have to be willing to laugh at things they find funny and you have to use words that they use. And, and they will find it really funny if you're using their words. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amy, you are just a wealth of a humor. And you've made this topic so accessible. And even though, you know, acknowledging the embarrassment, the awkwardness, all of the things and all of the stuff that we have to get over ourselves as adults, and also emphasizing the importance of you have to be the go-to for your child. You do not want them learning things on the playground. You do not want them learning things from the internet. So that means, dear listeners, here's another opportunity to step up. And Amy, you are, you are the guide. You are that big hand that's going, Hey, I got you, you know, come on, you can do this. So I just so appreciate your cheerleading for all of us out there that are making our way as awkward as we are in it all. Tell our listeners how they can find you. So you can find me if you want to get right down to business, then birdsandbeescourse.com and use that on boys uh, discount code or my website, birdsandbeesandkids.com. There are a lot of resources there, my bookstore, all kinds of things there, my blog and my podcast, which is called Just Say This. So I'm just going to, can I just give a little, I'm just going to give a little suggestion. So y'all just heard a ton of information and you might be feeling flooded. So later on today, if you can just take a moment, take a breath and think about what's one thing that stood out for you just one thing that stood out for you. And then what's one tiny thing you can do. So maybe it's going and looking at the solution center. Maybe it's going and looking at books. Maybe it's just saying, Hey, my friend, it's time. Like find one tiny thing you can do. And then that'll snowball. Cause when you see that no one throws up and no one dies, pretty good. Right. It's encouraging. It's encouraging. Anyway. Awesome. And of course, we'll have everything in the show notes for you, dear listeners. So take that breath, take that pause, and then go forth and know that Amy's got your back and we've got your back. Thanks, Amy, for being with us. My total pleasure. If you liked this episode, if you found this episode helpful, please consider sharing On Boys podcast with your friends. They can find us wherever they listen to their favorite podcast, whether they use an Apple, an Android, they listen in their car, they listen from their computer. Please tell your friends about On Boys, and together we will make the world a better place for boys.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.